0: People out west call late summer monsoon. Now, I haven't looked it up because I don't have a signal, so I'm not going to get into that. But based on my conversations, it's pretty much late July through the, maybe the middle of September, maybe not even September. Right now, down in southern Arizona, my friend Andy tells me that, uh, well, he actually sent me a video to show these magnificent thunderstorms that come rolling through the desert out in, uh, you know, Phoenix and south of there, Tucson and so forth, howling wind, stuff flying through the air. Sometimes there's a lot of rain and sometimes it's just wind and lightning and thunder, but it doesn't rain. And it is literally as black as night when the storm starts. Keep in mind, you're going from about 100 degrees in the desert or more to about 70 or 75 within a few minutes. So it's a dramatic Kind of experience. Now I'm up north in Utah, right by Mobile Podcast Command in the dark, but they still have the monsoon up here, and we're going to talk about it in Monsoon Musings Podcast 1066, the Bob Davis Podcasts. I'm going to start off the podcast kind of. singing the praise for 36 and Lynn and the owner of 36 Lynn, the independently owned and operated refueling station at 36th street South and Lindale Avenue in South Minneapolis. So the owner is Lonnie McWhorter. I've known Lonnie for a long time and he just got an article. uh, And it's so great to see in business journal uh, in Minnesota, talking about his buy local strategy for the store. You've heard me talk about the secret sauce for 36 Lynn being the store because they've got a whole bunch of locally sourced products in there, and it's not your usual convenience store food. There's really good food in there. Burritos I talk a lot about, but they've got all kinds of candy. They've got all kinds of milk products. They've got all kinds of coffee. It's really worth checking it out. Plus, the whole thing with an independently owned and operated uh, refueling station is, they get a better deal on fuel. They can pass it on to the customer. So next time you're in south minneapolis you want a cup of coffee or maybe a burrito because i love burritos check out 36 lynn the independently owned and operated uh, refueling station in south minneapolis in the lynn lake neighborhood and uh, say hi to the guys because one of the reasons i love them is they're so crazy (laughs) 36 lynn and thanks for sponsoring the bob davis podcast you guys now i'll tell you this is very special the sounds and the feelings out in the the dark night little rain falling thunder here and there and so I'm not sure I even want to talk that much but basically let me tell you the story of how I got where I am after a grueling one month actually waiting and you know how much I hate to wait a waiting period for me is not a good thing so I was up in Salt Lake and the Salt Lake experience is now over The good news is there's not much wrong with the motor on uh, Mobile Podcast Command. The bad news is parts are hard to find, if at all, for a 22-year-old or a 23-year-old truck. But I know what I'm dealing with now, and, uh, and it's manageable, according to the guys at Gillette Diesel. So I'm pretty excited about that. And that was the whole reason for going up there. And more than once, I wanted to leave. I just forget about it but i I stuck with it and i had to wait about a month for this appointment and i'm glad i did mostly i'm just glad that i made a plan and stuck with it that was really the whole thing so now it's eventually a visit to mesa arizona that's the next goal to find out about uh, getting full solar on this beast and considering the title of this podcast um it's basically the stuff i've been thinking about lately and i've been thinking lately about how my travel has changed since fuel prices skyrocketed and certainly while prices are an abomination still i am grateful i hate to say this to a degree for lower and slower travel which as you know if you've been listening to the podcast means shorter distances and longer stays making my way across the landscape slowly and i certainly lived up to that goal uh while i was in salt lake because certainly i was going stir crazy in Salt Lake and Provo and environs but I was able to use the time to explore the area and you know I do like to range free I don't like to be tethered to an area for any reason and as far as uh, the camping without looking at the map because it's dark <laughs> I would say I was surprised at the number of really great campgrounds really close to Salt Lake and Provo the fact is Utah itself is an outdoors paradise even in monsoon i got to do the salt flats and that was great that's when we started to uh, run into the beginnings of what i would say is monsoon rain you know this is i wouldn't call this a desert i would call this a high desert i i think it's pretty arid generally speaking colorado wraps around you like a blanket. It's uh it's got this really warm vibe with these colors and the mountains and everything else. When you get to Utah, it's more like you know, sleeping on the saddle in your boots with uh, a serape <laughs> instead of the whole uh Colorado experience. It's uh it's very interesting. So, as you work your way south, you start to get into this monsoon and the mountains have a lot to do with it, but but Utah is still very very wild. I found out that a lot of the um, the the very bottom or the very top, I can't remember which, of the Escalante, the Grand Staircase, which requires a whole podcast to explain. Just look it up if you want. That area wasn't even mapped until. Uh, 1871 and 72. So I think it's John Wesley Powell is the guy that, uh, that basically arranged for that entire region to be surveyed. So they didn't even know what was out here. So I mean, when, when you think about that in terms of history, it's only been about 140 years since this area was even mapped. So it's very wild and it's a different climate than Colorado it's much more of a desert climate especially the further south you go you notice that so I've been up in the mountains uh, south of Salt Lake and we'll talk about that in the second half of this podcast well I'm gonna say it again Uh, I I don't like to repeat myself in these podcasts but I am gonna say that you know I was doing some tax work recently and part of the process with these quarterly things and, and yearly taxes is you you can really get an idea of where the money goes where the money comes from and how important certain clients and certain people are to the bob davis podcast one of the things that has really 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 helped uh in 2021 and parts, and now as well, in, in 2022, are the donations to the Bob Davis Podcast from just listeners and people that want to support. Now, clients support the Bob Davis Podcast in a much more formal way and for more money. But uh, people who want to contribute to the Bob Davis Podcast, all you have to do is go to the uh, podcast page. Look for the picture at thebobdavispodcast.com of Mobile Podcast men, Scroll down, you're going to see a donate button. Click on it. That takes you to PayPal. You can set up, as Todd Myers has done and Mindy Collins and many, many others, set up sort of a monthly donation if you want $10, $5, $25, or you can just give me whatever you want, and it goes right in the tank, or it goes to pay for oil, or it goes to pay for something that uh, keeps this vehicle on the road. Tires, for example, didn't wholly pay for the tires, but it helped so again thank you guys so much for your contributions and listening and if you also want to help without spending any money you can subscribe to the bob davis podcast at itunes listen to it on spotify or google podcasts there's other platforms those are the best ones and thanks for listening and supporting the bob davis podcasts you know in an odd sort of way it was almost like a reprise of the driving away from my house in uh, minnesota And going out on the road permanently for good on october 31st 2020. so in salt lake it got to the point and i'll give you some detail there was a lot of camping in walmart parking lots there was a lot of camping at the truck stop i did the ta and i did the loves and i did the flying j and when you're down out of the mountains in the summer in Utah, it's hot. It's weird because I know it's hot in Phoenix, I know it's hot in the desert, but it's a different kind of hot. I think it might be because there's just a little bit more humidity. So you can imagine how frustrating. And I, I, I punctuated that period with uh, camping in campgrounds, but I didn't want to drive around a lot to get to these campgrounds. I was trying to conserve fuel and just kind of stay clear. Of, uh, but I mean there were times when it, I, I think it's because I was just frustrated that I ended up in a Walmart parking lot or I, I figured oh I'll just stay at the Walmart or I'll just stay at the truck stop well you don't sleep well You it's a it's not a, 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 I like the truck stops and I like the Walmart parking lots when they let you stay but if you listen to the last podcast you know that the situation with parking lots Walmart truck stops and so forth going forward with this inflation is there's more desperate people in the parking lots. The last day that I was in Salt Lake and getting ready to leave, I went down to a Love's, which was near Gillette Diesel. Now, if you're from Salt Lake, you know what I'm talking about. So so once I, I got them, you know, paid my bill and got the truck and got out of there, I just thought, well, I'll just go to this Love's and I'll just... Stay there tonight, and then because it was like noon, and I was really pretty. Yeah, I'm not gonna say depressed, I just didn't really. I hadn't thought about what I was gonna do or where I was gonna go enough, and so I thought, you know, rather than run off in a completely crazy direction, let me stop, take a look at some maps, figure out where I'm gonna stay, figure out where I'm going and we'll go from there and i pulled into a a loves on that side of town it's pretty rough a little bit more salt lake is generally a very clean nice town salt lake in general is very new and the one thing that i would complain about salt lake is it it's one shopping center after another and it's they're creating a huge problem for themselves in, in my view because everything is olive garden and then I realized you have to go over to the wealthy section of town. Then you start to see the boutique sort of shops and things like that. But over on the southwest side where I was, I went to this Lubbs. And it was very dirty uh, for being a fairly new travel stop. It was pretty messed up. And there was a uh, an E350 box truck parked in the lot and in in the lots at Loves in general they don't allow you to park uh, for overnight camping if you go in the back you can and usually there's a section for RVs and stuff where you you can park overnight same with the TAs and the flying Js and so forth but at this one there were very clear signs saying no overnight camping I had pulled in and I was um, gonna get a shower and get a cup of coffee and some other stuff and just sort of reconnoiter, reset, figure out where I was going, and uh, and that was the plan. I noticed a tow truck, a big, heavy um, recovery tow truck, semi, sitting over there. I was just getting everything together, and I had the doors open because it was hot. And they came over, hey, what's your podcast about? And I told them, and really nice guys. And, and after a fairly long conversation about all kinds of stuff the guy that I was talking to says, and I'm sorry I forgot your name, dude. I really apologize for that. He goes, you know why we're here, don't you? And I was like, you're not gonna tell me. And he goes, no, 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 not you. The guy next to you has been here for like three days and they will not he won't leave. So they couldn't get the heavy lift in. So they went and they had the president of the company who turned out to be like a 25 year old woman who shows up with the ripped jeans and the the, uh, wife beater uh, shirt and a baseball cap in the brand new F-550 towing truck. And and she backs up and they start getting ready to tow. I said, I think the guy's in there. And uh, yeah, he turned out to be in there. So I noticed that they were talking to him, and I went in the loves, and I, I saw the security guard there, and I was like, yeah, no no camping overnight. And he goes, I went out there three times this morning and banged on that guy's truck, and he never even came. And, you know, it gets a little irritating. And to their credit, they didn't tell him he ended up leaving. But it's interesting because, again, this is just another situation where I haven't seen anything like that in most of the near two years that I've been on the road permanently. And the many months uh, that I was on the road before in 2014, 2015, 2016, you know, 2018. You know, I I have not seen that kind of what I would call essentially a confrontation, even though it was a soft sort of, hey, man, you got to go or we're going to have to tell you. And we've hooked you up. So if you don't go, if you don't agree to go, then you're going to go one way or the other. And for a guy like that, this was a really rundown box truck ford 350 for a guy like that you know getting his truck towed that means he's going to lose the truck that's it because you know he didn't have the resources to get it out of Hawk. another example again and down that area there was a whole uh there was a like a little road by the loves as there usually is sometimes trucks parked down there they had signs up there saying no parking longer than two hours and there were several cars And here's the thing about car campers uh, or people who are living in their cars, which I find fascinating. When I get to a Love's or a Flying J or someplace, I start cleaning. I empty this thing out. I get all the garbage out. I sweep it out. If I can find a vacuum, I vacuum it out. I rearrange stuff. I get rid of stuff I don't want and throw it away. These people were sitting there with their doors open and garbage all over the inside of the car and garbage along the gutter where the car was parked. You know, Pepsi bottles, Dr. Pepper bottles, you know, the whole gamut of, of uh, ro- bad road food. And then the people behind him were doing the same thing. So it's a very interesting situation, and I don't recall. Now, maybe I could be wrong, or my memory is fuzzy, but I don't recall too many examples of that kind of, um, for lack of a better term, desperation uh, that I saw in, in the years leading up to this year. Uh, maybe it's because I'm going low and slow. Maybe it's because I'm spending time in towns and seeing how things are. I don't know. So that's another thing that's sort of a subtext or a wheel within a wheel in terms of stories of things that I encounter. And I like to tell these stories, because you're not going to see that, generally speaking, in your town because you're not going to go to the places where those people are you're going to go where you go you're not going to run into places like that in most places because you you uh, you know i wouldn't because i wouldn't want to see it it i the only reason i run into it is i i'm going to the truck stop or i'm going to the walmart parking lot but i believe it i mean obviously it's the inflation it's just driving it may be driving people out of their homes and i have no idea what the numbers are this is just anecdotal data but it's worth telling the story anyway once i was done in salt lake i figured out that i was going to drive south about 150 miles to around bryce canyon i've been to bryce canyon before i forgot about it and i was going to go and when i was leaving i got confused and went or went right by bryce canyon and then later after i was being all i was all angry and pissy because i couldn't i thought what the heck man i can't even navigate looked down in my door uh, pouch and there was a Bryce Canyon (laughs) map from the last time I was there. I don't think there's camping in Bryce Canyon. So I visited a friend uh, who is at, let me see if I can remember it. It's the Kings Creek Campground. There's dispersed camping all the way up. Beautiful, um, I sound like Trump when I say a beautiful gravel roads, but good roads getting up in there. It's about 8,000 feet up. And it's a really nice campground. And the only thing I figured out is that because there's no camping at Bryce, the National Forest campgrounds around Bryce, and there aren't too many of them, are really well appointed. And so my friend Alicia is a camp host up there, and I spent three four days up at this um, King's Crossing campground. And it was great. We had fires, beautiful colors and clouds. It is the monsoon, after all, remember. And what does that mean? Beautiful colors up there. Uh, you know, light brown roads, sort of a, a very muted uh, green. There's no real bright greens. Pine trees, bi- beautiful big dun-colored and black rocks and things like that. So it's a it's a really beautiful... And also, uh, Red Rock Campground is on the way up there. So the Red Rocks are also part of the pallet there in this area where i was camping up at king's crossing i didn't realize how great it is to see another nomad friend to talk about rvs toilets and have great dinners and dream <laughs> so this was great and she's a camp host so getting to see what they actually do and what they have to do is really really interesting But when it rains at 8,000 feet, it's cold. Remember, it's a monsoon, and it rained. It was raining on the way up there for me when I went up, and I thought, well, I hope there's no washes because it's a lot of rain. In the dark of night, I can see this giant puddle that has covered my campground, uh, the sandy area with the picnic table and some other stuff. The only thing that's not... Uh, completely flooded at this point is the asphalt that I'm parked on, thank God. Now here it's temperate, so it's about 75, 80, 75, 70, 65, whatever, where I am tonight. When it rains this hard up at 8,000 feet, you're in the truck with the heat on. I mean, that's how cold it was. And in terms of the way it rains here, I left my windows down at a Walmart on the way up, so instead of at king's crossing it was probably 30 miles from there and i went into the walmart and i'm in the walmart and i hear this roaring sound and i i looked around people were looking around i was i was like is that rain is that rain that's what everyone was saying and i was like damn it because i left my windows down so i knew that uh, i knew that there was going to be some issues so i had some some drying off of things in the front cab area that i had to do almost immediately So the rain is pretty significant. And just so you understand how different the climate is up there than down here where I am, and I'll tell you all about that in a second, they've actually had snow uh, in mid to late or early September up there when it really rains heavily. And that's at Red Rock, which is 2,000 feet below uh, King's Crossing. I'm in the Escalante, or Grand Staircase National Monument, and it's still summer down here. Almost don't want to talk so that you can enjoy this midnight loam. The full moon shining on lustrous white thunderheads, which are still producing uh, lightning. So there's a stroke of bright blue lightning here and there, and then thunder, the hum of the insects, the rustle of wildlife. Utterly silent, save for the spring, which is what you hear behind you. That's not rain, that's the spring, which is really. running very high and fast right now i am surrounded by dun and red rocks and a road way up there at about uh, 11 o'clock high from my perspective once in a while you'll hear a car every now and then but you you know you you see their lights playing on the rocks up there before you hear them a lot of times and this happened up at uh, king's crossing too the uh, the temperature change will produce a fog and so sometimes there's a sort of wispy fog or the clouds will roll in and you'll get this amazing sort of fogginess and I just love that. But that road up there is uh, an 8% downgrade and the speed limit's 25. So really sometimes you hear the Jake brakes on trucks or you hear a car but for the most part you don't hear them because they're going pretty pretty slow. Monsoon musings. So some nomads that I know dream of a piece of property high up in the Rockies or on the beach or a place in the desert, somewhere to come off the road for good or for a good part of the day. Grand views, quiet life, and we talk a lot about where it would be and how you would build it and what you'd need. Septic, propane, water tanks, what kind of water tanks, what kind of solar that you would have to get for an off-grid structure of some kind. But my heart really isn't in that conversation because, for me, it's being able to move. It's being grateful for being able to move. For example, I'm going to make a big 100 or 200-mile circle here through and around the Henry Mountains to go to the hot springs along the Trail of the Ancients. And I will camp around there, uh, and that's kind of neat as well. It's seeing and experiencing new places and things. It's the people you meet. It's the friends you make along the way. So you meet a lot of people. You don't always make a lot of friends. The thing about it is, this is my cabin in the woods. Mobile podcast command. Moving from place to place. Looking for America. And finding it in a way I never would have if fuel was still $2 a gallon. Because I've slowed down enough to see it. Monsoon musings. So, when I dream, I don't dream of a cabin in the woods. I dream of where I'm going to go next and how far I'm going to go. And I dream of these perfectly wonderful, perfect summer nights in a different place every few days. And sometimes they're breathtakingly beautiful. So, it's a lot to be grateful for. Monsoon musings so now this sets up the next sort of leg of this trip which is to check out the hot springs there along the avenue or whatever they call it of the ancients and then the decision point there is do i go over to colorado to the great sand dune national park which everyone raves about or do i kind of make my way back down to page or flagstaff or someplace like that and go on down to mesa and either get the solar power or get an appointment to to get it put in when I get down to Quartzsite. I don't know. I do love the monsoon season down here because it uh, the days are beautiful. They are, the sky is blue, the clouds are white, it's warm, the sun is intense. And then, you know, five or six o'clock, the clouds start rolling in and they really let go. <laughs> And sometimes the storms are pretty amazing. I don't think they're as bad up here in terms of intensity as they are down in in Phoenix and the towns uh, south of Tucson and and southwest of Tucson. That little corner, uh, that's where the monsoon is crazy. And, And western, or rather eastern California, that's where you get these storms that, I don't know what the reason for them is, but they've been pretty, sometimes some years they're not so bad, but this year they've been pretty significant. The monsoon here is a little different. It does rain a lot, and they need the rain. So, monsoon musics. Thanks for listening to Podcast 1066.